Bryce, what is up? It's the baby boy Jack. Uh, we having some problems with survivors, so you know I ain't been around for a minute. But it was so such a blast to see you in Chicago this past weekend. Great to catch up on the one year anniversary of our South Africa trip. Uh, believe it or not, it's Monday morning. I'm up before noon for once because I'm busy as a quarantine. Beep beep beep. Uh, except this bee might be unemployed, so I've actually just been chilling. Uh, but you know we got some stuff in the works. We got some big things coming for the Purple Pants podcast. Uh, and I can't wait to see you again. But guys, let's lock in, tune in, because it's a, it's a, it's a purple pants podcast. It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the purple pants podcast. You better listen in public. Might make your stomach hurt. It's the purple pants podcast. You're trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. Oh, what it is? Oh, what's up? Can your baby boy get a what's up? What's poppin', everyone? And welcome to this week's episode of the Purple Pants Podcast. I am your host, Bryce, the one and only, a.k.a. Perp. A.K.A. Purple Pants Badass, A.K.A. Bryce Isaiah. What's poppin'? As you can see, baby boy, got a lot of energy this week, so I hope you are ready to go. Welcome, Purple Pants Posse. Welcome, all our new listeners. You know what I'm about to say. If you have not, if you have, just go ahead and double check. If you guys can make sure you subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, make sure you click that click, click button, make sure you write a review and make sure you tell a friend to 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 tell a friend. Now, I know some of y'all might be like, baby boy, what's going on? Well, you know, listen, I haven't been wetting my whistle every episode, but listen, I got some new coffee creamer. Okay, now listen, this might not be as exciting, but so it's not Southern Pecan. But I was just feeling a little festive with the weather changing. I did get me some pumpkin spice. Now, before y'all go all in on me, I don't love pumpkin spice, but I don't hate it. So I'm not in the pumpkin spice cult, but you know, every once in a while, baby boy, like a little pumpkin spice. So I brewed me a cup of coffee, put my little pumpkin spice in it and whoo, chillin'. I don't know about y'all, but sometimes when I have not had coffee in a while, it gives me the effect of like alcohol. So baby boy is ready to go. So what is the tea, Purple Pants Posse? How has everyone been doing? What y'all been up to? How the chillins? How's the wife? How's the husbands? How's everyone doing? Well, you ask how I've been doing? You know, you know, you want me to say it? Do you want me to say it? Do you want me to say it? Oh, you do? Oh, you do? Uh-huh. Busy. 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 Busy as a corp. Busy as a T. I'm busy as a quarantine. Be, be, be. Busy as a quarantine. Be, be, be. Brr, brr. You know, busy, mm, mm, busy, mm, mm. I'm busy as a T. I'm busy as a quarantine. Beep, beep, beep. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's my jam. You know, that's my jam. 
But yes, your baby boy had a busy as a quarantine B couple of days. I actually got cabin fever. I just was tired of being in the house. So I took an impromptu trip to Chicago. I was really excited because, you know, my friend of the Purple Pants podcast, my Kagiyan sister, my sequester sister, Jitsia, lives in Chicago. So I was just like, hey, I'm a pop up. And I had a great time spending it with my survivor sister, Jitsia. Her husband and two so cute, adorable kids. Now, mind you, while we were there, Jitsi was like, oh, I want you to pick up my daughter, Ashna, from daycare. I'm like, okay. And so, mind you, Jitsi's daughter and I have a very special relationship. You know, I'm Uncle Bryce to all of the kids. But uh, Jatia, they read bedtime stories to the children. So a lot of the times when Jatia and I are talking, because Jatia just calls me all throughout the day, uh, sometimes her daughter will actually say a bedtime story. And one time we were talking on the phone and it was bedtime. And I happened to be on the bedtime story. And her daughter, Ashna, was reading, a, a re- well, making up a story. And it had, like, lightning and, and monsters. And I was just all into the story. And while she was saying lightning, I was making my light switches and jumping up and down, just acting crazy as I do. And her daughter really got a lot out of it. So it kind of, like, cemented our bond. So we picked Ashna up from school. And she was so excited to see me. And Ashna was like, let's have a gummy bear party. A gummy bear picnic. Now I'm like, well, now what the hell is a gummy bear picnic? Okay. And Jatia was like, yes, let's do it. Now y'all know Jatia is crazy. She has a huge imagination. And I love the fact that she like passes it, passes it on to her children. And so they created this gummy bear picnic. So they always go to the park after they get, they after they pick their children up from daycare, which I love it because it's like, come on, get activities. And so we went to pick her, uh, her son up, Lil Harry. And then we went back to her house. We got ready for the picnic, even though I didn't know what we were getting ready for. And her husband, myself and the kids, we went to the park and Jatia had a blanket and we put it out. Jatia got the gummy bears out and we had a gummy bear picnic. Jatia had bubbles. It was a gummy bear and bubble picnic. And then there's a gummy bear song, which I had no idea. So we played the gummy bear song. Okay. While we ate our gummy bears, even though I didn't get no gummy bears, okay? Just saying, Jatia, you invite somebody to a gummy bear picnic, you would think you would pack a gummy bear for the guest. But it was so just fun and rewarding to get out of the city um, and just be around people that love you and support you. And her children are so cute. I can't wait to go back. And then, of course, while I was in Chicago, I had to see my baby boy, Jack Atkins. Which was Jack just crazy in himself. So we just had, I just had a real chill weekend just hanging out with friends and just, you know, trying to just get out a little bit while still staying safe. You know, when I flew, I had my mask, I had my face shield, I had my hand sanitizer. When I got on a plane, I had my Clorox bleach wipes. Okay. So I listen, washed my seat down. People behind me was making faces like he needs to hurry up so I can get by. Oh, well, listen, I'm going to make sure my seat is clean. But, you know, that's what I was up to. And, you know, just got back to Philly, filled some Zaddy calendar orders. So you guys should be expecting some of your Zaddy calendars. If you haven't gotten your Zaddy calendar, you better hurry up. Okay, well, I'm going to say it because, you know, I'm going to say it. They going like hotcakes. They are going like hotcakes. So if you didn't get your Zaddy calendar, you there's still time. Bryce-Isaiah.myshopify.com and get your Zaddy calendar. I still got some more calendars to fill. But, you know, baby boy was just, you know, getting some stuff done, working on some projects. 
a couple of weeks ago, Wendell gave me a homework assignment and it's just really a kind of like bettering yourself. And he gave me a couple of things that I had to like write out and I, I worked on my homework assignment because, you know, dad's really serious about his homework. So I worked on that and, you know, just try to chill out a little bit. But enough about this quarantine busy bee. I'm excited for this week's episode. I have a jam, jam it, jam packed episode. So let me give you the rundown of this week's episode. So on this week's episode, we've got our church announcements. We've got a mod back for casual tea and we have our purple pants piece this week which is really important i just i love my purple pants piece and we talk about something so important um and so i'm excited for purple pants piece with clarissa joan middleton we've got our purple pants picks we've got miss barb back for barb's message and freak of the week all right get your engines ready start your cars okay start that engine put your seatbelt on check your rear view mirrors let's get into the church announcements This week's church announcements, I just wanted to spend some brief time talking about the notorious RBG, our Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who recently passed away on August 18th, 2020. And when I say she was a phenomenal woman, she was absolutely such a phenomenal woman. And I was inspired by her in so many different ways. And after her death, I actually watched her Netflix documentary, which really kind of advocates for immigrants that are coming in to get their how they go about becoming a citizen. And it's just so crazy to watch the process in which they have to go through. And there was this program put together by her that actually it's like a class that they take. And it was just really interesting. And then CNN actually had a film um, HBG that I watched and just was blown away by her strength. And it just is just so inspiring just to know her story, to know that. When she went to Harvard Law School, there were like she made up two percent of the women that were in Harvard Law School at the time. She had a husband. She had like a 13 year old month child when she was in Harvard. Her husband got sick with cancer. So not only was she being a mother, a wife, a law student, she then helped him with his work. And then it just she just was so inspiring. And it's just like 2020. Can you let up can, can, like 20 like for real, can we get to 2021? But her her women's advocacy work has truly revolutionized the game of not even the game, the world, the United States that we live in. And a lot of the rulings that she made have ultimately changed how we look at America, what we look at discrimination, you know, talking about discrimination for being just a woman and her fighting those battles. 
one after another was truly amazing. And some of the things that she said in the film just really inspired me that when you argue with someone, you don't have to raise your voice. If you raise your voice, that means they've already won. And for her, just being such a small woman in stature, but don't let that stature fool you, okay? Because she was a beast when it came to arguing facts and really being a ally for women's rights, for African-American rights, for gay rights. And she just was so amazing. And even what even more inspired me about her while she sat on the court, even if there were a ruling that did not go her way um, and it, it went the other way, baby. The notorious RBG will write a descending opinion and who she will let him have it. And a lot of the times in those descending opinions, she was really calling for Congress to change laws and they would from her descending opinion. And I, for me, that was just like, even when things don't go your way or something doesn't happen, that doesn't mean that you stop. That doesn't mean that you have to just roll over. And so she just was a, a phenomenal woman. I just wanted to take this time for the church announcements to just give her her respect and her honor and just thank her for all of the work that she has done. And it really urges me to just tell my Purple Pants posse, there's a seat vacant now, okay? And we are in an election time. And so the the respectful thing would be to do is to wait till the election is over and then we can proceed. But we just never know with this administration that's in office. And so I just hope that through Ruth's life, that, you know, it inspires people to get out to vote. Okay. I'm not telling you who or what to vote for, but I'm just saying like, get out and vote because your vote matters. Oh, for sure. It does. And a lot of people don't think like, oh no, baby, your vote matters. Okay. Because who we get to fill the notorious RBG seat is very important because it's these judges that make federal ruling that can like that, that has the ramifications of a lifetime. And right now, possibly in question are our women's rights, our LGBTQ rights. Okay. So it's just important for us to vote. And I think that out of everything that that notorious RBG did, the least that we could do is get out and vote. So I just wanted to put that on the church announcements. May her soul rest in peace. She's reunited with her husband, Marty. And that's going to conclude this week's church announcements. It's a man who, it's a man you, me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. It's a man who, it's a man you, me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. Bryce, what is up? It's the baby boy Jack. Uh, we having some problems with Survivor, so you know I ain't been around for a minute. But it was so such a blast to see you in Chicago this past weekend. Great to catch up on the one year anniversary of our South Africa trip. Uh, believe it or not, it's Monday morning. I'm up before noon for once because I'm busy as a quarantine. Beep beep beep. Uh, except this bee might be unemployed, so I've actually just been chilling. Uh, but you know we got some stuff in the works. We got some big things coming for the Purple Pants podcast. Uh, and I can't wait to see you again. But guys, let's lock in, tune in, because it's a, it's a, it's a purple pants podcast. It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. Ooh. It's the purple pants podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. Ooh. It's the purple pants podcast. You trying to unwind? You better get that box wine. 
It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You trying to get your snack? You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. Oh, what it is? Oh, what's up? Can your baby boy get a what's up? What's poppin', everyone? And welcome to this week's episode of the Purple Pants Podcast. I am your host, Bryce, the one and only, a.k.a. Perp, a.k.a. Purple Pants Badass, a.k.a. Bryce Isaiah. What's poppin'? As you can see, baby boy, got a lot of energy this week, so I hope you are ready to go. Welcome, Purple Pants Posse. Welcome, all our new listeners. You know what I'm about to say. If you have not, if you have, just go ahead and double check. If you guys can make sure you subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, make sure you click that click, click button. Make sure you write a review and make sure you tell a friend to 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 tell a friend. Now, I know some of y'all might be like, baby boy, what's going on? Well, you know, listen, I haven't been wetting my whistle every episode, but listen, I got some new coffee creamer. Okay, now listen, this might not be as exciting, but so it's not Southern Pecan. But I was just feeling a little festive with the weather changing. I did get me some pumpkin spice. Now, before y'all go all in on me, I don't love pumpkin spice, but I don't hate it. So I'm not in the pumpkin spice cult, but you know, every once in a while, baby boy, like a little pumpkin spice. So I brewed me a cup of coffee, put my little pumpkin spice in it and whoo, chill. I don't know about y'all, but sometimes when I have not had coffee in a while, it gives me the effect of like alcohol. So baby boy is ready to go. So what is the tea, Purple Pants Posse? How has everyone been doing? What y'all been up to? How the chillins? How's the wife? How's the husbands? How's everyone doing? Well, you ask how I've been doing? You know, you know, you want me to say it? Do you want me to say it? Do you want me to say it? Oh, you do? Oh, you do? Uh huh. Busy. 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 Busy as a corp. Busy as a T. I'm busy as a quarantine. Be, be, be. Busy as a quarantine. Be, be, be. You know, busy, mm, mm, busy, mm, mm. I'm busy as a T. I'm busy as a quarantine. Beep, beep, beep. beep. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's my jam. You know, that's my jam. But yes, your baby boy had a busy as a quarantine beat. Couple of days, I actually got cabin fever. I just was tired of being in the house. So I took an impromptu trip to Chicago really excited because you know my friend of the purple pants podcast my kagian sister my sequester sister jitsia lives in chicago so i was just like hey my papa and i had a great time spending it with my survivor sister jitsia her husband and two so cute adorable kids now mind you while we were there jitsia was like oh i want you to pick up my daughter ashna from daycare i'm like okay and so mind you jitsia's daughter and i have a very special relationship 
you know, I'm Uncle Bryce to all of the kids. But uh, Jatia, they read bedtime stories to the children. So a lot of the times when Jatia and I are talking, because Jatia just calls me all throughout the day, uh, sometimes her daughter will actually say a bedtime story. And one time we were talking on the phone and it was bedtime. And I happened to be on the bedtime story and her daughter Ashna was reading a uh, uh, read, well, making up a story and it had like lightning and, and monsters. And I was just all into the story. And while she was saying lightning, I was making my light switches and jumping up and down, just acting crazy as I do. And her daughter really got a lot out of it. So it kind of like cemented our bond. So we picked Ashna up from school and she was so excited to see me. And Ashna was like, let's have a gummy bear party. A gummy bear picnic. Now I'm like, well, now what the hell is a gummy bear picnic? Okay. And Jatia was like, yes, let's do it. Now y'all know Jatia is crazy. She has a huge imagination. And I love the fact that she like passes it, passes it on to her children. And so they created this gummy bear picnic. So they always go to the park after they get, they after they pick their children up from daycare, which I love it because it's like, come on, get activities. And so we went to pick her, uh, her son up, Lil Harry. And then we went back to her house. We got ready for the picnic, even though I didn't know what we were getting ready for. And her husband, myself and the kids, we went to the park and Jatia had a blanket and we put it out. Jatia got the gummy bears out and we had a gummy bear picnic. Jatia had bubbles. It was a gummy bear and bubble picnic. And then there's a gummy bear song, which I had no idea. So we played the gummy bear song. Okay. While we ate our gummy bears, even though I didn't get no gummy bears. Okay. Just saying, Jatia, you invite somebody to a gummy bear picnic. You would think you would pack a gummy bear for the guest, but it was so just fun and rewarding to get out of the city um, and just be around people that love you and support you. And her children are so cute. I can't wait to go back. And then, of course, while I was in Chicago, I had to see my baby boy, Jack Atkins. Which was Jack just crazy in himself. So we just had, a, I just had a real chill weekend, just hanging out with friends and just, you know, trying to just get out a little bit while I still stay safe. You know, when I flew, I had my mask, I had my face shield, I had my hand sanitizer. When I got on a plane, I had my Clorox bleach wipes. Okay. So I listen, washed my seat down. People behind me was making faces like he needs to hurry up so I can get by. Oh, well, listen, I'm going to make sure my seat is clean. But, you know, that's what I was up to. And, you know, just got back to Philly, filled some Zaddy calendar orders. So you guys should be expecting some of your Zaddy calendars. If you haven't gotten your Zaddy calendar, you better hurry up. Okay, well, I'm going to say it because, you know, I'm going to say it. They going like hotcakes. They are going like hotcakes. So if you didn't get your Zaddy calendar, you there's still time. Bryce-Isaiah.myshopify.com and get your Zaddy calendar. I still got some more calendars to fill. But, you know, baby boy was just, you know, getting some stuff done, working on some projects. A couple of weeks ago, Wendell gave me a homework assignment and it's just really a kind of like bettering yourself. And he gave me a couple of things that I had to like write out and I I worked on my homework assignment because, you know, dad's really serious about his homework. So I worked on that and, you know, just try to chill out a little bit. But enough about this quarantine busy B. I'm excited for this week's episode. I have a jam, jam it, jam packed episode. So let me give you the rundown of this week's episode. So on this week's episode, we've got our church announcements. We've got a mod back for casualty and we have our purple pants 
piece this week, which is really important. I just, I love my Purple Pants piece. And we talk about something so important. Um, and so I'm excited for Purple Pants piece with Clarissa Joan Middleton. We've got our Purple Pants picks. We've got Miss Barb back for Barb's message and Freak of the Week. All right. Get your engines ready. Start your cars. Okay, start that engine. Put your seatbelt on. Check your rear view mirrors. Let's get into the church announcements. So on this week's church announcements, I just wanted to spend some brief time talking about the notorious RBG, our Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who recently passed away on August 18th, 2020. And when I say she was a phenomenal woman, she was absolutely such a phenomenal woman. And I was inspired by her in so many different ways. And after her death, I actually watched her Netflix documentary, which really kind of advocates for immigrants that are coming in to get their, how they go about becoming a citizen. And it's just so crazy to watch the process in which they have to go through. And there was this program put together by her that actually it's like a class that they take. And it was just really interesting. And then CNN actually had a film, um, HBG, that I watched and just was blown away by her strength. And it just is just so inspiring just to know her story, to know that when she went to Harvard Law School, there were like she made up 2% of the women that were in Harvard Law School at the time. She had a husband. She had like a 13 year old month child when she was in Harvard. Her husband got sick with cancer. So not only was she being a mother, a wife, a law student, she then helped him with his work. And then it just, she just was so inspiring. And it's just like 2020. Can you let up? Can, can, like 20, like for real, can we get to 2021? But her, her women's advocacy work has truly revolutionized the game of not even the game the world the united states that we live in and a lot of the rulings that she made have ultimately changed how we look at america what we look at discrimination you know talking about discrimination for being just a woman and her fighting those battles one after another was truly amazing. And some of the things that she said in the film just really inspired me that when you argue with someone, you don't have to raise your voice. If you raise your voice, that means they've already won. And for her, just being such a small woman in stature, but don't let that stature fool you, okay? Because she was a beast when it came to arguing facts and really being a ally for women's rights, for African-American rights, for gay rights. And she just was so amazing. And even what even more inspired me about her while she sat on the court, even if there were a ruling that did not go her way um, and it, it went the other way, baby. The notorious RBG will write a descending opinion and who she will let them have it. And a lot of the times in those descending opinions, she was really calling for Congress 
to change laws and they would from her descending opinion. And I, for me, that was just like, even when things don't go your way or something doesn't happen, that doesn't mean that you stop. That doesn't mean that you have to just roll over. And so she just was a, a phenomenal woman. I just wanted to take this time for the church announcements to just give her her respect and her honor and just thank her for all of the work that she has done. And it really urges me to just tell my Purple Pants posse, there's a seat vacant now, okay? And we are in an election time. And so the the respectful thing would be to do is to wait till the election is over and then we can proceed. But we just never know with this administration that's in office. And so I just hope that through Ruth's life, that, you know, it inspires people to get out to vote. Okay. I'm not telling you who or what to vote for, but I'm just saying like, get out and vote because your vote matters. Oh, for sure. It does. And a lot of people don't think like, oh, no, baby, your vote matters. Okay. Because who we get to fill the notorious RBG seat is very important because it's these judges that make federal ruling that can like that, that has the ramifications of a lifetime. And right now, possibly in question are our women's rights, our LGBTQ rights. Okay. So it's just important for us to vote. And I think that out of everything that that notorious RBG did, the least that we could do is get out and vote. So I just wanted to put that on the church announcements. May her soul rest in peace. She's reunited with her husband, Marty. And that's going to conclude this week's church announcements. It's a man who, it's a menu, me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. It's a man who, it's a menu, me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. Keeping the menu rolling, we are back, 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 back again with some casual tea with a mod and B. Okay, listen. It's a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, it took me, listen, it took me a while to think of that, okay? But yes, welcome back to the Purple Pants Podcast, our favorite big brother live feeder, giving us the casual tea that we need to get by for us casual fans of Big Brother, even though I don't really know if I'm a casual fan because I got a lot to say, but I'ma just mind my business. What's popping with you? How have you been? I've been okay. Um, I'm glad to be back and talking some casual tea. I feel like in a lot of ways, this podcast is very therapeutic and cathartic. So <laughs> yes, come on, therapist Bryce, I'm here for you. Yes, okay. <laughs> just um, your copay is two thousand dollars. So if you could just cash it, that- woo! <laughs> Listen, okay. I mean, Before- do you have installment plans? Yes, we we absolutely can do an installment plan. Six seventy five, cash at Venmo or Blood. Okay, so whatever one is easier <laughs> for you. But I think I think I'll take the six seventy five. Okay, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, well, I mean, mind you, you're still behind in payments from the last few <laughs> casualties. But, you know, listen, we work. We work with our clients. But yes. I'm excited to have you here because, you know, I traveled a little bit this week. And while I was traveling, mm-hmm. I was like up on what was popping. And I. Mm, 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 mm. All right. Let me just be quiet. Let me uh, let me let you. pour. Is the pot boiling yet? Is 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 the tea, the tea kettle? Because. Oof. 
I'm ready for some pouring. I'm trying to remember where's the last what with like did we did we talk about Bailey? I think with Bailey was already gone by that point. The last so time I don't think so. We we I think the last time that we keyed was Bailey and Devon were up on the the block on the block okay? Okay. and okay. child. Then I was a little upset with the people who went up after yes. the block after them because it seemed yes. like minority minority okay and mind you we are not mm-hmm. watching a Ben Affleck minority report so I'm kind of confused but alright let me go let me let you go because listen all right. boy is ready to go alright so okay so Bailey and Devon were up on the block um, Bailey ends up being the one that leaves. More people thought that Devon would be better for their games. Mainly Danny and Nicole, who were trying to uh, sort of start something with Devon, like a little, you know, girls thing going. So Bailey's the one that goes. And then we're all praying for a miracle that uh, Devon or Kevin or somebody outside of the alliance, the committee, can win HOH. Because if they don't, then it's going to be more of the same. We don't get what we want. Danny ends up winning HOH, but it's good for for Davon fans, at least, because Danny doesn't really want Davon up on the block because, like I said, she wants to work with her. So she decides to go after Davon's main allies in the game, namely Kevin, more so than David. But little hiccup in the plan. David ended up winning a power two weeks prior and his power allows him to come off of the block if he is nominated. So Danny nominates Kevin and David. They're sitting up on the block for at least 12 hours. The next morning, I think it was later that night, actually, the feeds went down, the feeds come back up. David has pulled himself off the block. Kevin remains, but Danny has to name a replacement. There was only one other person that she really had in her crosshairs. There was an initial plan that she was trying to cook up to backdoor Tyler. Tyler had already told her, like, look, I understand that I was trying to drive a wedge between you and Bailey and Devon. I heard, I knew that all that information got back to you. So if you feel like you need to put me up or if you feel like you need to backdoor me, like I totally get it. It's fine. And so I guess she kind of took that to heart. She didn't really have a lot of time to think about it. So she just put Tyler up there. The rest of the committee is kind of upset because they're like, why didn't you nominate Ian like or Devon? Because why would you go after somebody that's in the alliance that doesn't really make much sense so she has to do all of this smoothing over and be like guys like i only went with tyler because he told me that it'll be okay if i put him up like i don't really want him out even though she kind of did but like because she didn't she realizes quickly her her the rest of her alliance isn't going to vote tyler out so she literally doesn't have the numbers to do it so she kind of has to smooth things over with tyler smooth things over with the rest of her alliance and so kevin is still the main target all right veto happens and davon Diane Rogers wins her first TV talk. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes. She wins her first comp in Big Brother. She is so excited. She has been so hard on herself um, this season for losing all these comps because it's been a critique of hers for so long. People say, oh, Devon absolutely sucks at competitions. She can't win anything. And then she goes on two seasons of the challenge in between her um, her last two seasons of Big Brother and does so well. I think, you know, her in her second season, she makes it all the way to the final four and she wins a few comps along the way. So people are like, OK. Devon's got some skill because right. in the challenge, those 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 uh, challenges on the challenge are like not you know those aren't a cakewalk. Those are like some Listen. pretty hardcore you know. Listen. Yeah. Listen, so, I don't know if I will win any comps on, on the challenge, but listen, if you're listening challenge, my email is open. Yeah. <laughs> I would be, I would love to see you on the challenge. That'd be amazing. Oh, uh, but yeah, <laughs> she comes back and she, she wins 
the veto and it's perfect because when you win the veto like i said when i explained the game earlier if you win the veto and you use it you're safe as well so you can use it on anybody that you want and you don't have to worry about being a replacement so she has a decision to make does she use the veto on kevin saving one of her allies um or does she leave it the same and hope that danny is being real with her when she says that she actually wants tyler out so everybody in the committee wants to snow Davon into thinking that Tyler is going to be the one to go because Tyler is a big juicy target. He's he was fantastic on Baby Twenty. He made it all the way to the final two. Like he's clearly someone that is a yeah, that you should get out of the game at this point. Right. But the committee, the committee, they don't want to do it because Cody and Memphis, they don't want Tyler gone because once Tyler leaves, then they're going to be the next ones to go. Enzo, even though he's not in the committee, he feels the same way. He doesn't want Tyler out because he knows that his target will grow bigger if Tyler's out of the game. So the votes just aren't there. But they need Devon to think that they are. And it's really, really a shitty position because Danny and Nicole, they want to work with Devon. They know that they're getting to the end game and they need another number on their side outside of the alliance when you eventually start taking shots at one another. And they think that Devon will be a perfect person for that. But they also need Devon to not use his veto. So they're spending the entire time, that, uh, like the, the two days in between the veto comp and the veto ceremony, they're trying to tell her, like, look, like, I don't want you to use the veto. We just need Tyler out. We don't want, uh, don't worry. Like, Kevin's not going to be the person to go. All this stuff. Like, everybody's trying to sell her this stuff. And the only other person that could really go up that's outside of the alliance is Ian, because David's not an option anymore. He pulled himself off the block. Uh, and everybody else besides Ian is in the committee, um, besides Enzo, but Enzo's not going to get put up because that would just be, that would just destroy Danny and Nicole's games. Nicole has like a final two with Ian because he's the only other person in the house that's actually won a season before. And so Nicole's like, no, I cannot have Ian go home. If Ian goes home, I'm going to be the only winner left and my target gets bigger. So it's just a really, really crappy position. Do they continue to lie to Devon, destroy that relationship that they have with her, or they just vote out Tyler? That's what I think. I think they should have just voted out Tyler, but they Listen. don't want to do it. They don't have the votes, so they're just sitting there like, we don't know what to do. So the lying, 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 lying. Devon's not falling for it. Devon actually th- does plays it pretty smart. She doesn't tell Kevin that she's using it on him, and she doesn't tell Danny outright that she's using it on him. She kind of just tries to like get as much information as she can from everybody, hoping that they're going to vote Tyler out. But still, she ends up using it, pulls Kevin off the block. Yes! Then- Minority report! <laughs> okay, yes! yes. Yes, 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 yes. And Danny is screwed at this point. She has no one else to put up but Ian. So Ian goes up on the block. It causes a few, you know, rifts within the alliance because Nicole is kind of upset with Cody because Cody was like the main one saying that Tyler cannot go home, all this, that, and the third. Um, So there's like, a, there's some few cracks here and there. But yeah, so the uh the week pans out and Ian ends up being the one that gets evicted. Um, no, but my Ian! I know, I know. Kevin, David, and Devon were under the assumption that Tyler was going to be voted out because Nicole and Danny and the rest of the people were, were still lying to them. But the thing is, Nicole has such a guilty conscience and she mm. wants to protect her image. So she was trying to uh, come up with this plan to make it seem like she was going to be a vote to keep Ian and that David is the one that flipped and voted out uh, Ian instead of Tyler because she wanted Ian to walk out of the house thinking that she voted for him. So the plan actually kind of works. David, Davon, and Kevin are the only vote to save Ian. Cole obviously votes Ian out. And then the, those three are like on the outs, you know, pretty much because they did not right. vote with the house. Now, is so, uh, Davon mad at everyone for lying to her or does she already kind of sort of assume that so she ain't really she, holding no grudge? She is completely convinced that David is the one that flipped. She has, mm-hmm. which is so frustrating to all of all of the fans because it's like, Davon, how could you trust Nicole after what she did to you back in BB-18? Why is it that you are so trusting that Nicole was not mm-hmm. the person that flipped the vote and voted 
Ian out. Like, I, it doesn't, but she's so convinced because she thinks in her mind, she's like, why would Nicole vote out Ian? She loves Ian. Like, she thinks she needs Ian in the house because he's the only other winner left. Why would she do it? And on top of that, David and Devon have had such a tenuous relationship from jump in this game. A lot of people have been questioning David and his motives, especially given what he what his behavior was like during his last season with BB21. So she's like, they've had like a rocky relationship from start because she never was really sure if they can trust one another. And they've been having to like break up and make up and break up and make up. And it's just, it's just, there's like really no trust established. So it's really easy for Devon to just make the assumption that David was the one that flipped um, and Nicole was the one telling the truth. So it's just driving a wedge even further between them. And it led to a pretty controversial conversation that we did not get to see on the feeds because the feeds hadn't come back yet um after the next hoh competition which is this the one where that uh they had to issue a statement about uh so no they didn't issue a statement about this but they did issue a statement about memphis because everyone was thinking that he said the n-word uh Mm. the day prior now what's your Um, thoughts on it you think he said it i personally do not think that he said it i think the issue of contention here is that he did not finish his sentence so it leaves a lot of room for interpretation i i mean there's always the possibility that i could be wrong but i just feel like you have to be the dumbest bitch on this planet Mm. to have said that word i just Mm. he was in that he was having a conversation with cody about david he was talking about how he doesn't think that david is very smart and he said david Mm. isn't and he stopped before he finished the word i believe he was about to say idiot but of course it kind of sounded like he said Mm. the beginning of the n-word um but i i just i didn't hear it i don't think that's what he said if he did he's dumb as shit and he's racist as shit and he should go but um they did issue they they issued a statement saying that they replayed the tapes they slowed it down they use all this high tech gear, whatever the hell, <laughs> and they were able to to figure out that he was he did not say that word. Now, and but I this also is the right. Go ahead. Sorry, this is the first time that Big Brother has ever is- issued a statement like this because they said like hate if he would have said it, he would have went home. Right? He would have been curious, off the but show. Child, what about the other twenty seasons, Big Brother? Y'all might yep. want to go back and replay the uh, the tapes because yep. I got a, a descending opinion about that. It's but, very, it's very, it's interesting because they have never, ever like made that statement before. They've never said if you use hate speech, you're out. So this is the first time that they've ever taken a stand like that. So I'm interested I'm happy to see though, what happens. I'm happy that they did, and I'm happy that they are standing on their word of uh, mm-hmm. being a place of, you know, mm-hmm. a safe place for everyone. Now, mind you, leading into a safe place, you know, I mm-hmm. also was getting some tea. Mr. Memphis is still on my hot box, okay, mm-hmm. uh, in regards to my baby boy. Ian. So can you break down to the people in regards some I'm sure the listeners already know, but can mm-hmm. you break down what another huge controversy uh with this was uh with Ian and Mr. Memphis? Yeah, so Memphis has been ha- has had it out for two people in this game primarily. One is David for whatever reason, he thinks that David just doesn't belong there because he mm. was only on his season for so long. And I'm like, that's an issue with production. That's not David's fault that he got asked to come back. So he really, that's just a lot of misplaced aggression there. And the other person is Ian, um, because um, back in BB10, uh, Memphis went to the final two with V. Dan Giesling, widely regarded as one of the best players of all time. He lost 7-0 to Dan Giesling. Dan Giesling returns to BB14 um, as a coach and then ends up actually being a part of the season as well as another player. And that's the season that Ian won and he beat Dan. So he's had like this personal mission to sort of like avenge Dan uh, and get rid of Ian. And so now that Ian has been on the block, 
it was like the perfect opportunity for him to go. Um, before the eviction, he was having a conversation with Danny and Nicole, um, talking about how Ian, you know, he just seems so untrustworthy. He's so sketchy. All he does is like lean back and forth, all this. Like he's always rocking back and forth, just making fun of the fact that that's what Ian does. Um, for those that don't know, Ian is autistic. And one of the things that he does is rock back and forth. A few people with autistic, uh, with autism, um, will engage in repetitive behaviors like this. They call it stimming, which is basically their way of saying stimulated throughout conversation or throughout, you know, just their day. It's how they, right. it, it makes it easier for them to consume information if they engage in repetitive behaviors like this. And that's why Ian loves the hammock so much because he likes to go out there and just rock back and forth. And Memphis was sort of making fun of a lot of that. And Danny and Nicole laughed at it. So a lot of right. people were just like, why this is not okay. No. The boy has autism. Why are we yes. doing this to him? Like, why are we not, you know, you know, why, why are they not, why are they allowing this to go on and not seeing anything to Memphis? So a lot of people just yes. are not. And I, you know me, I got a lot to say about that because one, mm-hmm. I, I, you know me, I love my Ian. Um, and the fact that he does have autism and is on this national, uh, platform, I love it because it just more awareness, more understanding and more normalizing people with autism. A lot of people, uh, that think of people with autism, they think negative things about them and, and just a, a lot of things that are not true. And, you know, autism runs in my family. I have a niece that's autistic and, you know, we, we want to create a healthy environment for her. Um, so seeing someone like Ian, um, which I originally did not know, uh, Ian had autism. I like, I always just liked Ian. I liked his quirkiness about him. And there's a lot of things that I see in Ian that I see in myself. Um, so mm-hmm. that's just one. Two, on my podcast, you know, Purple Pants Podcast, I'm all about allyship. I'm all about, you know, let your whatever it is that makes you unique, let it shine. Like, don't stray away from it. I'm all about whatever it is. If you got a seventh toe, baby, put that seventh toe out there. Okay. Like I want, you know, I just want everyone to shine. And so for me, I just, this rubbed me the wrong way in a lot of different ways in the sense of I'm all about allyship. You know, I have a really great podcast called Won't You Be My Ally. If you have not listened to it, I suggest you listen to it because it talks about me being an openly gay black man and my friendships with uh, mm-hmm. heterosexual men. Um, And one thing, and I had Wendell on there. And one thing that Wendell, like I, I, I love about Wendell uh, is that he's a champion of mine and not just a champion of mine when yes. he's in my face. He's a champion of mine when I'm not there. And for me to be an ally it's so easy to be in somebody's face and say, I support you. I, I'm loving on you and I want you to win. For me, the true test of an allyship is, is when I am not there. What do you do when someone right. is saying disparaging things about me when I'm not there? That is right. really the true test of your allyship. And mm-hmm. I, I don't want to come too hard on Nicole. Who else was there? Nicole. Is it Danny? Danny and Nicole. Yep. Yes. And so because a lot of the times and, and I've been in, in, in particular situations like this where you know it makes you uncomfortable if someone is saying something that you don't agree with it can make you uncomfortable um but for me it's like that's really when i don't have a voice stand up for me say "Mm, i don't think this is appropriate or at the very least if you are like you know if it makes you that uncomfortable remove yourself from the situation just you Mm -hmm. simply getting up and walking away mid-conversation of someone doing something like that i feel like is can speak volumes but for you to sit there and laugh like you are fanning the fire you are are you really an ally are you really a supporter of mine because when i'm not there for me is really the true test of time and i think that you know for nicole which she's unaware of because you know i did a little research i know that a lot of her sponsors have been dropping her um due to something like this and you know i I never want to see anyone 
I, I don't like to see people lose sponsorships, lose money. At the same time, I have to be a champion of the underdogs because I am an underdog. I'm somebody, I'm, I'm, I'm like a triple minority here. So it's like, when can someone that has the spotlight that, you know, in the, the quote unquote society is like, you know, the privileged one. Like, when do you really use your privilege to stand up for the under? served communities. And I feel like here was a perfect opportunity for them to stop him, correct him because, you know, and maybe his defense, he didn't really know. And maybe it's just a teachable moment. But for you to just sit there and laugh, it's just like, "Mm, Mm -hmm. I'm not here for that because it's like, are you really my ally? Because here is, I'm not here. And here is someone saying, or, you know, not supporting me. And here is the perfect opportunity for you to get them together. And you don't, you don't rise to the occasion. Yeah, I I I I I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, and I just a side note, I adore you and Wendell's friendship. It's just like it's just so inspiring to me. So just I just had to put that in there. But I I I I totally agree. And I I know that there's a certain level of difficulty when it comes to being in the game of Big Brother. And when someone says something a little off color, you're so you're so engaged with your game that you're afraid of conflict. But at some point, right, there has to be a line for you to say like. Yeah, and, and, and you don't even have to be rude with Memphis when calling him out on it. You literally just have to be like, uh, Memphis, like, that's actually not that little cool. Right. You know, the guy, he has autism and that's how he, you know, that's just how he is. Like, it's, I don't, I don't think that we should make fun of that. And it could just be done. You know what I mean? Because you're right. Maybe, maybe Memphis isn't that well versed on that kind of thing. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe Nicole and Danny weren't, but I just feel like at some point there has to be some level of accountability. And yeah, I don't want to see, I don't really get glee from watching people lose their, no. their, lose their stuff but uh, for, but at one point i mean this is just a, just a side note i just think that that's such an interesting dynamic when it comes to like influencer culture because i feel like it doesn't take a lot to get influencer status so it doesn't take a lot to lose it either so i True. feel like that's just in a whole other conversation that can take place around influencer culture and you know what really you know how much are we really giving to these people and how much does it really mean if it can just be lost like that so i feel like we need to just be more mindful about the people that we put up on pedestals and Definitely. not just because they were on a game of big brother but because you know they're a good person and i have to say that nicole is not i'm just saying you know it's it, right i think no. it's an entirely different conversation but and it's, i'm here for it and i also mm-hmm. feel like and it's not so much nicole calling memphis out but a term that i like to use here is call him in Bring him in and educate him. Bring him in and simply say it's not cool. Bring him in and leave the room. And that Mm -hmm. will be like, well, what did I say that, you know, that had Nicole, you know, leaving? And if Ian is such an ally to you, if he's such, you know, like, you know, but again, for me, it's just definitely a teachable moment. And for me, I'm happy that something like this happened because this has to be something that kids in high school and schools deal with all the time. And it's like a lot of people don't know how actually to handle themselves in situations like this. And I, I just think it's such a teachable moment. So I don't want to make it seem like I'm like condemning uh, Memphis, but I also just want to bring attention that interactions like this, microaggressions like this happen all the time in all everyday time. life. And it's about you. And if you really hold yourself to a higher standard, if you really hold yourself to say, I'm a champion, if you really hold yourself, then you know what? You got to use your voice. You have to speak up and i think that it's just uh, again i'm glad that something like this happened on a huge platform like big brother so that people can just see it's not about race it's not about gender it's not about sexuality there's so many things that make people unique that 
yep. happens that's not okay. And so that I'm just, I'm happy in the sense that it's a teachable moment. It's something that we can talk about and discuss. And I, I hope that it affects the landscape as these children are back in school, as these people go back to work and, and your everyday lives. And like, you know, I just challenge all of my allies out there that if you are really an ally, it's not about you being an ally to my face. It's about you being an ally when I'm not there. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, I agree totally. I think I think yeah, we just we have to have the courage to call people in and and let them know that what they're doing is not okay, and it doesn't have to be. I know that inf- uh, you know it, the internet can be a very toxic place, and I think that that's why conversations become stifled because there is a rush to judgment, there is a rush to completely right. demonize people and to condemn them. So. There, it makes it harder to have conversations when people feel like they're not, they can't, they're not safe enough to make the mistake or the, the apology won't be, uh, accepted because people are just, they're never going to believe them and this, that, and the third. Like there's a, there's a lot, there's like a big obstacle there. And I, I can, I can sympathize with that as well. But I think that there still has to be, there has to be conversation that takes place. You know what I mean? We can't just Absolutely. like let it continue to happen because, you know, what's, it, you know, it's just, it's just not cool anymore. We're, kind, we're trying to get past that point where it's no longer about awareness. Cause I feel like we talk about that a lot. It has to be about action. Now, like awareness is cool, Come but on. now we have to move past that and actually have actionable, you know, words and stuff like that. So I'm just, you know, like, I, like, look, yeah, I feel like, no, like, we're not trying to say that Memphis is this horrible person. No, we're just saying, all. like, he's got to, somebody's got to have a conversation with him or he's just going to keep doing stuff like that. Right. And then people are going to be, keep, keep, keep being mad. And don't we not want to be mad anymore? You know? So absolutely. And we, as people that are, on the outside looking in we can't just be like oh he should know better sometimes people just don't know better and that's why i'm Mm -hmm. saying call them in have a conversation because sometimes in the heat of the argument and when you are playing a game it it can get i'm like you know i don't like a my haircut a my haircut get on like you know i I get it (laughs) but it you know somebody gotta have a conversation be a friend be a friend to memphis and bring him in and be like listen baby boy you can't do that and i think that the more conversations like that that we have are are better and yeah like we were so quick to demonize people and everyone Nobody, nobody is perfect. I'm sure I do a lot of things that I, I am not perfect on and that I can use mm-hmm. someone to call me in. So it's like, it's really more of just being human, just being real and being present and just taking yourself out of the situation and looking inside, looking at it from a third party or, or looking at the situation differently uh, could really kind of just, it, it could change the landscape. And that's why on my podcast, I just really try to be vulnerable with a lot of the things that I'm not good at, a lot of the things that I struggle with, because I really feel like there is power and vulnerability and having those intimate and serious conversations with friends. And so I just hope that this conversation can maybe inspire someone that's at work or, you know, someone that's in school, that if they hear something, it doesn't have to be an argument. It can be a conversation and you can agree to disagree, but at least you as an ally can know that, you know what? I tried to speak up. I tried to do my part. You can lead a horse to water, baby, but you can't make them, you can't make them, make them drink. You can't make them drink. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, but yes, but what else? So where, where we have, where did we leave off in Big Brother? Like, what's the tea right now? What's happening right now? So, um, Memphis wins issue H, ironically. <laughs> um, and, uh, his, his target is David. He would like David to go, but he doesn't want to put David up on the block outright um so he lies to david and he tells david like look we're all good um i actually could work with you in this game and as long as you keep this conversation between us and i'll find out if it does get out then we should be good all of that's a lie um he goes to davon and kevin and he lets them know, like look um i don't want either of you to go this week um you know i'm actually you know trying to get david out yada 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 so don't worry about anything even if you wind up in the block he nominates davon and kevin 
Tavon. Yes, yes. Because I mean, everybody Ooh. else left. In, everybody else in the house is in the committee. You know what I mean? Besides Enzo, it's Enzo and the committee, and then there's Avon, Kevin, and David. He nominates the both of them, um, and then he uh, the, the veto happens, and he wants everybody to throw the veto. Or you know, if if Davon and Kevin use it, you know, obviously they can take themselves off. So um, wait, hold on, wait, time out. Just so I'm following. So child, mm-hmm. it's a minority port too. Yes, is what you uh, you, yes. Ah, you know what? Yes. It's really unfortunate because a lot of, and this, we get into this conversation of like, oh, well, that's just kind of how it happened organically. I don't think that anybody is being um, explicitly racist. That's just, you know, how the, the, the alliances, you know, that's how they shaped up. And like, I, I agree with that to an extent. I don't think that anybody is like personally trying to, you know, persecute the minorities in the house. But I mean, but- four, I mean, but like two, four, two, four, six. Six people of color in a row? Like, come on now. Yes. And like all of them have touched the block at least once. Some of them right. four times at this, po- at this point. And the, we have to ask ourselves, why is it that the majority alliances are usually all usually look like this? Mm. And it's because it's because of casting. It's about, right. Because of a lot, it's because of a lot of things. It's because of implicit biases. It's, it's because of casting. I don't think anybody's intentionally trying to be evil. I'm just saying from a mathematical standpoint, I feel like a broken record making this point. From a mathematical standpoint, if there's only a certain number of like minorities in the house, it's just less likely that they're going to be part of the big power structure because there are more people, white people in the house. And that's just how it is. And there was, there was, a lot of people may bring up the point. And this is a valid one that uh, that Bailey was almost in the in the uh, in the the committee. Uh, 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 Memphis wanted to pull her in that day, but Danny was the one that vetoed it. So if it wasn't for Danny that said that, then this season probably could have shaped up to look it a little different. But as it's shaking out right now, Davon and Kevin on the block. The veto happens. So Davon, Kevin, Memphis, Danny, Nicole, and Tyler playing the veto is looking like it could be really good for Davon or Kevin. Uh, because mm. Nicole and Danny are told to throw it. Memphis, of course, wants to win it so that he can pull one of them off. And if Davon and Kevin are in, uh, if the one of them win it, they can pull themselves off and then David can go up on the block. But that doesn't happen. Tyler uses the veto. Tyler, Enzo, uh, Cody, uh, they all want Davon out. They all want them out. And that's going to be enough. Da- Danny and Nicole obviously would like to keep Davon in and have Kevin out. Um, David told Davon as of last night that he does not want to vote an African-American woman out of the game. So he or she has his vote, but it's not looking like it's going to pan out because there's only, there's what? There's nine people left in the game at this point. You only need four votes to, to, to be evicted. Mm-hmm. And if Enzo, Tyler... Cody and Christmas keep their targets on Davon. It's not looking pretty good. So Davon looks like she's going to be the one mm. to be evicted from the game, which means that there's going to be three girls left in a house full of guys. Um, but that's just how right. But they don't. Like, they don't see. They don't see that. Uh, listen, don't have they not learned anything from our girl? Okay, HBG, the notorious HBG. Come on, no, us women got to stick together. Okay. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for me, it's just rather annoying because it's like, does this alliance or what you not? What do you call it? The core? No, the alliance. What you call the it? The committee. Uh, the committee. Chow. Mm-hmm. Does the committee not realize once all of these people go that you're gonna have to implode on yourself and it's gonna see? get real nasty and real bitter? And why and and why not just make moves now? Get these numbers of these people that are outside the committee that you can then like. Oh, it, I, I don't understand it. They're so they're so gun shy because they do realize that, and they've been trying to make a few moves here and there, but they're all too late, and they're all they're not. There's just not enough gusto. Like Danny, I mean, one of the things that Danny wanted to do coming into this season was not make the same mistake that she made in her second season, and sort of like because she did this in her second season, she turned on her alliance, but she kind of did it a little too early, and then ended up. Going 
going home. So she wanted to get Tyler out. But then when she realized that Harlan's like, nope, 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 can't do that. She like, she was like, okay, well, fine, fine. Then she got scared out of doing it. So like now Tyler could have been out last week, but she took her foot off the gas and then it just didn't, it just didn't work out. Um, right. Because if all, all, all Nicole had to do was vote Tyler out, it would have been a 4-4 vote, a tie. Danny could have broken the tie and sent Tyler out of the game. But because she was so scared of what the rest of the committee was going to think, she didn't want to do it because she didn't want to be the next one to go. So these this big alliance structure that we see with Big Brother the past couple of seasons, it's really starting to like break the game because a lot of people, they're just scared. They don't want to go against the big alliance. Right, into it and then uh. and we watching Big Brother to see you play and then I, explain mm-hmm. this to me if Big Brother is similar like Survivor because in Survivor if when uh it was Davon and Bailey and Tyler made that you know I, I don't I, I put myself up first of all all you gotta say once in Survivor is that you are thinking about quitting and baby you're a goner so I think in my 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 how we've come where Tyler is now you know ready to you know give a selfish tribute then baby boy makes the merge and all of a sudden you, you jammed ready to play Hmm, interesting. And I just yeah. think it's funny that we have these minorities like Davon and Kevin that are here to play, that have something to prove, that want to play, and that are like dying to play. And here they are, time and time again, on the block. Yeah, it's, no it's, pun it's, intended. It's, yeah, it's been frustrating. It hasn't really been a, a great week for us, Davon fans. I haven't really been watching the feeds too closely. I mean, the veto ceremony is later today. We'll see if mm. Tyler uses it. He probably will not. Um, I think that Memphis has kind of been swayed by the rest of it because he wanted he wanted David out. But with Cody and Tyler and Enzo and all of them really wanting Davon out, it's not looking like they're going to use that veto. So, Devon, I mean, I'm glad for Davon in the fact that she was able to win a comp this season. Yes. I'm glad that she was able to do that. She broke her curse. She also made it a little further than she did the last time. I mean, she was the first. And she's on the jury, right? She, yeah, she's okay, in the jury. So- so there's but that. We, listen, I'm, I'm tired of settling for status quo. I'm I not know. happy with the jury, okay? I'm not happy for just winning a comp. I'd be happy if she won, okay? So we I speaking know, it into I existence know. no matter what it is, okay? So listen, if anything can happen, mind you, I'm be texting you later today, like, baby boy, what's the tea? <laughs> Child, it's a lot. But I know. regardless, I'm happy that, you know, we've got this bi-weekly segment of the casual tea with my mind and B that we can talk about some of these things that don't normally get talked about in some of the other Big Brother podcasts. We can go a little deeper into things, and I'm happy that I am here to be your therapist. You are here to help me break some stuff down, and you know, I could I can yell a little bit as well too uh, of my <laughs> frustration. So, despite all of that, I am still happy that, you know, child, listen, we the minority report here anyway, so we're going to yes. report what we see, how we see it from our lens because our lenses are a little different than other lenses, so I am just grateful for this connection with us, and I'm grateful that, you know, the listeners, they really love our, our combo together yes. so also we got to think of some other shows that we could watch and talk about okay because listen i'm here for it and if you guys are here for the casualty with Amon and b please tweet <laughs> us and let us know what you think about it but until then we will have to wait a couple of weeks because listen i can't do this every week the way my blood pressure is set and, up oh, it's stressful it's stressful can i just say one more thing because i got Go like, ahead, a of course, of- you can say a thousand more things it's the casualty <laughs> with Amon and b okay sorry i just i really like to say i'm sorry <laughs> I love that. I got like a, a, a lot of critique this um this Ooh, week. Who was coming for you? Wait a minute. Wait. Because listen, just, I don't play. Oh, listen. Just right, a few people on Twitter, like because they they think that I am simply whining about like how everybody in the season is racist and this oh. and the third. Guys, look. I do not have any malice for anybody on this cast. I really don't. I do not believe that anybody in the cast is an outright raging 
racist. I don't believe that. I am simply saying that there is a reason that we continue to see the same patterns season after season. And if we look a little bit deeper and stop making excuses while like, oh, it's just how the game has shaken out. I'm asking people to ask why it continues to happen this way. Come on. Why? Come if you on. think a little differently about it, if you think a little deeply about it, you'll see that there are some there's there's some problems here. Whether it be implicit bias, whether it be the casting, any of that stuff. I just want people to ask themselves why. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying that all the people of color are not without fault. Devon has done a lot of weird things this season with her <laughs> game that have caused her to be in the situation that she's in. So I'm not saying that Devon is completely blameless in the situation. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying on a whole. If we just take a little time to really examine some of these issues, I think we'll find that there may be some changes that can be made. And that's just that's just how I see it. And I don't want people to think that I'm trying to be. I love Big Brother, guys. I love the show. If y'all if I if I hated it, why would I be sitting here right now? I love the show. And I just want for for there to be a few things to be changed to, to, to give everyone a bit more of a fair shot. Because right now, I don't think I think that it's skewed a little certain way. And I just feel like it doesn't have to be that way. And that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm and saying. I'm here. First of all, you can have your descending opinion. I feel like descending opinions is what actually helps change things. In the late great notorious HBG, like you know, in 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 essence of her, if she did not challenge the Supreme Courts the way that she did in women's rights and the movement that she did, you know, and people were disagreeing with her a lot of the times, change would never happen. So I just hope that you don't let them Twitter trolls steer you off course, have your descending opinion and you speak the truth because it is nobody can tell you how to feel or what to say. And you as an African-American male in a a city like Philadelphia who has gone through different things that other people don't, you are entitled to that. And I encourage you to continue to speak out. And if you need backup, just text me because I got the Twitter (laughs) fingers ready. (laughs) You laughed and I'm ready. (laughs) I'll keep you on Twitter speed dial. Most definitely. Yes, yes, I just, yes. I just don't want people to think that I'm trying to be hateful or anything. I'm no, really not, not at just, all. I'm just trying to critique. And I You're, you are like, speaking you know. your truth. But this how you know that you are getting to people is that like a lot of the times, if you are speaking your truth and you are speaking something that's controversial, you're going to get a little flat. And that's how you know you're reaching the right people. OK, mm-hmm. so listen, don't 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 don't. And listen, I, I don't I'm, I'm just all about the notorious HBG. Listen, li- they, they got they foot on your neck okay and so you need to keep screaming you need to keep moving forward you need to keep doing what you do okay so listen we will be back in two weeks with casual tea and i'm on and b yes (laughs) and we are going to keep this menu rolling and i haven't had some purple pants piece in a while and so i figure what better topic than to invite clarissa joe middleton back from the Bing Academy for some more Purple Pants Peace. So welcome back to the podcast, Clarissa. How are you? I am well. Thank you for having me again. I'm so excited to talk about peace and to get my Purple Pants Peace on. Yes. I it's feel such- like we all need it right about now. No, for sure. Given given everything going on in the world, and normally with everything going on in the world, that's a lot. But especially during these uncertain times with 
pandemic, with uh, election, with just tension in the country, with being in the house, with us just losing a justice that it's just, it's a lot to take in. And I'm really excited to have you on here because for a while, I was just something marinating in my spirit. You know how, you know, you marinate some chicken, you marinate some steaks and you really want it. You know, you're marinating it because you want it to be the best version of itself. And sometimes when we marinate, we got to sit, you got to let it sit in it. And so what's really been marinating in my soul is that, and I'm very open with my audience, my Purple Pants Posse about my, my moods, not even my moods, but, uh, during the fall and, and winter season, I feel like I have self-diagnosed, but I feel like I suffer from like seasonal affective disorder where when the sun is not out all the time and, you know, the days get longer and darker and we have less sunlight, we often slip into unhealthy patterns and we can slip into a depression and we're not really aware of it. However, for me, being as though I have this amazing outlet as my podcast, I can talk about that. And I'm like, you know what? Purple Pants Posse today, I'm just not feeling it. And it's a, a pattern in my life that spring to summer, I'm, I'm feeling great. I'm getting my body together. I'm setting goals. I'm setting plans. But I never really plan for this time of year. I always kind of just let it happen to me. And which is why I have reached out to you because I know in the past we had talked about some stuff like this, but I thought it could be a really great experience for my listeners, for you, and more importantly, for me, because uh, I'm very vulnerable and I, I, I love to kind of just bear myself and just kind of what I'm dealing with. But more importantly, I feel like we are, the seasons are changing, though the temperature is getting a little colder here in Philadelphia. And, you know, little by little, the days are getting shorter. It's less sunlight. We're getting ready to go to, uh, I don't, it's, it's not. Day, it's daylight savings or what is it called? It's the daylight savings when you set. Yeah. So daylight savings. We're getting ready to set the clocks back. So we'll gain an hour we're gonna of fall sleep. back. Fall back. Yes. Fall back. Okay. Yes. We're not springing Spring forward. forward. We're falling we're, back. We're falling back. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to fall back into my old pattern. I don't want to fall back into depression. I don't want to fall back into not giving my every day my all. So, and never before in my life have I ever really prepared for it. And so I, I thought it would be great to have you on to maybe like talk about some things that you've gone through and some things that you do during this time, because I'm just, you know, I like to listen and take in because I really, and again, with everything that's going on, a pandemic, we're inside more. I feel like our summer was stolen from us. We don't really have a lot going on. And so just all of that kind of compiled onto going into a season that's normally not prosperous for me. I'm just nervous for myself. So I want to get ahead of it. I want to like do some things ahead to prepare. And I know I've just been going on and on, but I just really wanted to give my listeners some context as to what I am, what I've been going through and what I don't want to go through. And sometimes we've got to recognize what we're going through and recognize the patterns to be able to stop it. And the first thing is to admit that there's a pattern. And I just, um, yeah, so I love to hear your thoughts or anything uh, upon this subject about how I can and my listeners can really stop this pattern, really get ahead of it. And maybe we can't stop it. Maybe it's something that happens, but maybe we can lessen the load a little bit. Maybe we can prepare. Maybe we can like, you know, get ready and not fall back into our old ways. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like if you had a, um, if you have a uh, little sound effect that there should be like a little bell or something that you should like to 
Yes, there you go. Yes. Okay. And, the, and the reason for that is because awareness is everything. You know, we have to get to a, a space and place where we allow ourselves. This whole mindfulness movement is really about self-awareness. Because without self-awareness, you can't control anybody else. You can't control the weather. You can't control other people. You can't control property that you don't own. And so what we can control is our own time, space, energy, thoughts, um, and our own atmospheres that we own and have, you know, that we pay for. And so, but you, in order to control those things, in order to make decisions about how we would set those things up to be and to produce wellness or add value to our own lives, we have to have awareness. So I love coming onto Purple Pants Peace because uh, you are always promoting awareness, self-awareness, because you're always sharing your own self-awareness. And not only are you sharing what you're aware of within yourself, you are reaching out and sharing the resources with your audience. So I think that that is amazing. Um, and that is why I think it's like ding, 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 ding. We truly... Yeah. We truly live in a world like when you come out of your um, mother's holiness, right? You you are immediately being trained to do what the standards of the world are like, whatever it is, you know, we go to school to learn about other people and other things and what happened in the past and, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so we never we rarely train people in their own self-awareness. We actually kind of like we actually mute it. We um, tell kids when they when they're crying too much or. When they ask for things, no, you don't need that. No, that's not what you want. No, 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 no. So we really start to we come from a place of yes, but the world is constantly um, confining us into a place of no. And the reason this is important for the listeners is because a lot of people can't get to the awareness that you're at. You know, so a lot of people are not, they don't have the tools to actually be able to listen to themselves because for so long, their environments, their communities, their jobs, their their philosophies have told them no. What you feel is not as important as what you need to do in this world for yourself or for other people, make money, whatever, whatever. So right. we want to take back that ownership of our own power and our own power, really that we have everything to give. But if we don't know what we have to give, we can't give it. So awareness is key. I think the other thing that you highlighted here is that um, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Mm, mm. Say that again. Ooh, ooh, that that was ooh, touching my soul. Say that again. Yes. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And so you, one, start with my awareness. From the awareness you should be able to get a vision, but if you can't, if you have to do some work to get the vision of what you want different, I think for you, it's as simple as saying, I know this season, this particular time period of the year causes me seasonal affective disorder. So you know what the problem is. And so you obviously know what you don't want. You don't want to suffer from seasonal affective disorder, depression and anxiety and low, unnecessary low energy because there's less sun. You can't get out as much and all the such and forth. So that's your vision. Your vision is I don't want that. And that is a good starting point. And I think from there, we want to build on to what you do want, right? And so all the steps that we'll go through are like, what do you, so let's, we know what you don't want. Let's get to what you do want. And this, but, and this requires planning. This requires being proactive. And if you don't plan, this is what we're saying. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Yeah, that's, that's deep because I, um, I try and I'm on a road to a better price. And, you know, 
road. Yes, on a road to a better price. Yes. Come on. The road is very long and, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's windy. It's got hills. Sometimes I run out of gas and I got to yep. get the car and I got to walk to the gas station to get some gas, then walk back. So the the road is, you know, it, 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 it's, it's a road, mm. but I am, I'm yet on it. Let's, so, say, let's say something there. This is super important what you said, because we're all on a journey to. Yes. Um, in this lifetime, we're on a journey to really perfect and to self-actualize um, the idea that was in the mind of God when he created us, thus becoming our identity. So our identity is an idea in the mind of God. And that really means that we're God's dream and we're living this life to fully actualize that idea that was in the mind of God that was Christ. And on that road, if you're driving a long distance, which we, we, we hope that everyone will get as many miles on this thing as they can. What do you need? You need rest stops. And yeah, a lot sure. of people don't take their rest stops. You know what I'm saying? If you miss, if you skip the rest stop, then yeah, you're going to run out of gas. Yeah, you're going to be thirsty. Yeah, you're not going to have the proper direction if the if the map you were using is an old map and you didn't pick up the updated map at the rest stop or if you didn't charge your phone or your charger broke. So it's like these rest stops. And I really feel like Purple Pants Peace can be a rest stop for people. This is a rest stop that we're having knowing that we're transitioning from one part of the year to the next part of the year. And we want to make sure we have all of the tools that we need going into the final a quarter of the year, take your rest stops. A lot of people don't take their rest stops. They just breeze on by. I'm a, I know I can't stop yet. I just got to get there. I just got to get there. And they think that taking the rest stop is going to take away something from them. But actually, our rest stops give us more because we're always going to get there. If you believe and if you go in the distance, you're going to get there. But when you take the rest stop, you get a little bit more time and space to enjoy the road. You know, it's not just go, 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 but it's this and that. It's not this or that, you know? So Right. And so as I'm on this road, just in reflection, I feel like my seasons are spring and summer. And I try to like r relate and correlate to like, what about the spring and summer besides the sunlight? Because obviously that's a variable that I can't control unless, well, actually I can control because I can move and I can go to somewhere where it's always sunny. But you know, however, my financial situation, like I just, I can't up and leave right now, but that obviously I can put that on a goal as well too. But e even if I, I'm happy in Philadelphia, I, I feel like some of the things that the the spring and summer providing is that I, I'm active. I have a a fitness goal. I you know I, I want to better myself. Um, I I feel like I am engaging more in my friends. I feel like my creative juices flow more. And so even like you know something that I can prepare. And again, sometimes it's easier said than done. But I always say to myself is that well, why do I always just make it the spring summer to get myself in shape like why actually not try to focus my energy to like fall winter why don't you let the fall winter be the best price that you could be and try to get these energies and so i really like that's one of the things that I, i've been thinking about that i normally don't normally i feel like going into the winter and fall i'd be like Whew, i just want to try to maintain what i got myself to and then in the spring summer i can worry about that later so i'm really trying to like focus my my energy now into not maintaining but, you know, getting to a level of where I want to be in this season. And 
I think that that's something different than I normally do. But again, it's easier said than done because like, child, when the winter come and it's a dreary, cold day, like what's my motivation for like, how can I find myself to get up out of that bed to do something more positive than just like laying in bed and eating and watching TV. (laughs) But at the same time, that's something that I enjoy too. So it's really like this balancing act that I'm, I'm trying to help propel myself and just thinking ahead and forward. And it's just like, you know, I've started yoga. I really enjoy yoga. And I'm like, well, that's something that I can do in the wintertime that I normally don't do at all. So just trying to like really kind of navigate what it is that I can do and and things that I can help propel me to get to the goal of like, you know, getting physically fit. Also, like I want to stay active and with ideas and and different things. And again, I, I don't know if it's just because I am just happier in the spring and summer that I, I I seem to be creative. But I don't know about the the fall and winter that I feel like my creative juices dry up and I, and then I'm not as willing to like wanting to take risk or willing to want to do things. Again, it's the same thing as my fitness. I really just am trying to maintain what I've done. But I really want to expand. Like I don't I, I don't want my season to stop. I want my season to continue to grow. So I guess that's really where I um I'm lost because I know what I want to do. I know the goal that I want to set, but it's just given this situation, I'm just not really sure how I can help promote that during this season that I know I'm mm-hmm. I hear you. And you know what it is. Um one I want to say because we're talking about seasonal affective disorder in your personal diagnosis with this, I want to recommend that all your listeners and even you, if you've never done it, check in with a therapist at least once in your life. If you don't have to go always, you don't have to become like Tony Soprano on the couch every afternoon, but um, checking in once just to get it. It's like almost like getting maintenance on your car. You know, your car is probably doing well, but just to have an expert check up on it is always a good thing just to see and um, make sure that you do your due diligence in terms of, you know, how, you know, who the therapist is or the, the um, psychologist is that they have relative traits and qualities um, that they can understand your perspective, that they have cultural competency, especially for my black and brown people out there. Um, and that's all important. But just one thing you're like, I think, um, you know, it's always good to check in. I have a, a counselor, um, that I check in with quarterly and it's, you know, and, uh, it, and I'm always good when it's a good report and she's like, Oh, you're doing well. We don't, we don't, you don't need to whatever. But I think that that's good. And that's especially because we're dealing with things that are technically, um, they're a part of, even though they're a part of the wellness field, they're part of the medical field as well. And there are experts and resources out there. Now, the other thing at the being Academy, we talk about, um, mastering the joy of being yourself. That's one of our taglines. We have three, mastering the joy of being yourself. The other one is just be. And then the other one is maximize your God-gifted potential. And so what I hear you saying is that your potential is maximized in the spring and in the summer, but you feel like your potential is not maximized in the winter and the fall. And when I, the other thing that I also hear is that when you're talking about your potential being maximized, you're talking about one part of yourself. And so there are three parts to the self, right, that create our, that then dictate to the fourth part, what is our energy level and our aura in the atmosphere. So the three parts are our physical body, our mind, and our spirit. And so the way, obviously, everybody knows what their physical body is. Um, the mind in and of itself is a part of the body, but it has a different um, 
a different job. The mind is really your, when I'm talking about your subconscious, because there's your conscious and your subconscious, the mind, your subconscious is really just a library of all of the scripts of the behavior programs that you run all the time. So right now you have a script for seasonal affective disorder in the fall. You know that like normally all parts of you in the fall run this program that is, we are low, we are not feeling it, we are not as active, we are not this. And so that's, right. in, that's in your subconscious. And you want to yes. pull up, you want to override that program. Yes, I need for Apple to give me an update so I can update <laughs> their program. Yes. Okay. Yes, you want to update, you want to update, you want to update that program. And so the way that we update programs is really from our spirit, right? It's like, when it's kind of funny because Michelle Obama says when they go low, we go high. What she's really talking about is our spirit. Our spirit never changes because our spirit is from whatever God you believe in, whatever religion, whatever your I look at religion as a language for God. So my language for God is Christianity. And everyone has their different language, whether you're a Christian, a Muslim, a Buddhist, a, a Jewish person, whatever. So whatever that higher power language is for you, your spirit is of that higher power. It has the attributes of that higher power. But if your mind and your body are not in the position to like puzzle pieces connect well with your spirit, your spirit won't connect with your mind and your body. It's just like, oh no, I'm not dealing with that mess. I'm not dealing with that <laughs> that toxicity that you done took in that you haven't poured off. And we can take in um, toxicity in many different ways. It doesn't always have to be a negative experience or a trauma, like a, a what we would deem to be extreme trauma. Sometimes it's just exhaustion. Sometimes it's just we we've overworked ourselves and we're burned out. So our, our bodies are not producing the right top type of chemical balance in order for us to good, put forth good electrons and for our nervous systems to connect and work well with each other. So when I hear you talking a lot about the physical part of your life, it makes me wonder about the mental part of your life and what kind of energy are you charging forth in your brain in the wintertime? What are, what are, what are your thoughts on mostly in the wintertime? Because our thoughts are literally what are like whatever our conscious mind is focused on. That's the script that our um, subconscious is either pulling or storing or writing in that moment. So in this, so you know, you can get away from your subconscious, your conscious and your subconscious mind in the summer because you're running, you're running, you're out with friends, you're doing all these things. And these are form of kind of like distractions. But when you can't run because it's cold and it's snow on the ground and your friends are not coming out the house anymore and you're sitting, you're in the stillness of brights, what is the program that you are running in your mind? <laughs> well, the program is get a snack, lay in the bed and watch TV. Uh, so that's the current program, but that's the program that, that I guess needs updating. And I, I guess I'm always, when I'm in these transitions, I'm always like, well, just wait. I'll like, you know, and I guess that's what our, our natural body is telling us is to like bunker down and wait till the season breaks. And when the season breaks, we can break too. So I guess it's really more hard for me because I just, I go into a, uh, like a, a hibernation mode, but I, I don't want to go into hibernation mode. Like I, I want to be able to change my behavior and change my thought process to be able to, to get to a better place. And another thing, which probably I'll be honest about what you said is like a, a lot of the time I'm just catering to my physical. And I, I will be honest. I, I mean, I'm not vain, but if I feel, if I, I, if my physical looks aesthetically pleasing, then for me, it translates to I'm 
happy. So I feel like why I do put so much energy into my physical um is that like if I like, you know, I, I there's a, a particular weight, there's a particular look of my body as I am nearing the 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 end of my 20s and early 30s, I um I, I like for myself to look like. And so, yes. So and, and I, I can realize that that probably is a little problematic because it's like, well, listen, baby boy, you're not always going to be physically fit like you're not always. And so then what do you do in that? Why, why, why aren't you always going to be physically fit? Is well, it, not it, that I'm I, so, well, you're right. Not that I'm not always going to be physically fit, but they, there may come a point in my life that I, I'm not, something may happen and I can't necessarily control it. Or, you know, I get older and when you get older, you know, your body changes. You see change. all of these thoughts. This is what, this is what you're doing in, in the winter months when you could just literally be you could be in multiple places. So our minds are, we call them the monkey mind. The mind is constantly jumping from one thing to another because that's what the mind really is. The mind is really just a, a library. And so it's literally going, when you're not focusing it on something, it's jumping from thought to thought, old thoughts, thoughts in the basement, thought at the top of the shelf, all different types of things. And it's really, it, it's categorizing things into two ways. Things that are going to keep you alive and well and things that threaten you. And it mostly is Pre, it's determined to focus on the things that threaten your well-being because that's kind of like its own safety thing. So if in your program, in the program of Christ, it's like me not looking good, me not showing up as my best self is a threat because that just throws off my whole entire chemical balance and how I feel about myself. Your brain is going to constantly go to thoughts about when I'm 85, I better not have a bunion. Mm. Like, and you do not have to think about that this November 2020. You can decide to run a different program and the program that you could be running is what does the Purple Pants podcast need to succeed in the next season or what are my travels going to be like? Or it doesn't even have to be about planning in the future. When you get really good at controlling your mind, you can sit and stare at the snow at the window and have an orgasm. Oh, P- period. Yes, yes. Now, wait. Clap for <laughs> Clap can, for that. Now, Clap for minute. that. Can, when we get off this podcast, can you? <laughs> <laughs> I never heard of that before. Hold on. Siri, pull up snow. <laughs> it could no, be but, anything. I'm using snow because it's relative to your environment. But for me, last night, so for instance, last night, we took the kids um, to the strand, which is the walkway at the beach. Um, to watch the sunset and they were all on their scooters even our youngest he's two he just got him a new little scooter and they were scoot scooting their mind in their business and literally the me just standing there the fresh air watching the sun go down the sky was clear because we've had some hazy haze sky from the fires for the last two weeks the sky was back to being its purple and orange and pink self and I literally felt orgasmic energy from my head to my toe. Now I meditate. And so I know how to breathe up and down my spine and be really present. But that's what we want to get everybody to. We want to get everybody to a place where they can be so present in the current moment, regardless of what's going on, regardless of whether it's spring, summer, winter, fall, whether you're sitting or you're doing your jumping jacks or your yoga, whether you're sitting with your friends or not with your friends, whether you're watching TV or you are just enjoying what we call entertainment at the Being Academy, I-N-N-E-R-T-A-I-N-M-E-N-T, uh, entertainment, which is 
the, the things on your original screen, your first vision, your first vision, your first television, which is your mind's eye are pleasing you. And so how do you get the things on your mind's eye to please you? And that could be like right now I'm sitting and I'm staring out the window and what I see in the real world is pleasing me and I'm breathing and I'm very comfortable and I'm grounded. But sometimes I could be sitting with my eyes closed and just, um, just imagining the circulatory system in my body and, and being very well and happy that my organs work my lungs work, my eyes work, my ears work, my toes work, my blood. I don't have blood, you know, all the types of illness. I'm just, I could just sit and just think about, oh yes, come on, flow through me, blood and energy and air. And that sounds like weird to people. And some people that could sound weird. Like, what is she talking about? Like she's just sitting there happy that her blood is flowing. Yes. Because I could be sitting here thinking about something that's super detrimental and that will literally destroy, disrupt the flow of good energy. So you don't always have to get energy from running or sex or um, getting a promotion. You can literally feel good because you feel good just within yourself. And practicing that, that is, that's what mindfulness is. That's what meditation is. Get, taking 10 minutes out of the day, 20 minutes out of the day to just get a pleased sense of being about yourself unconditionally. And the more you do that, you build on it. And then you're not going to be thinking about your bunion that you could possibly get an 88, um, you know, after yeah, Thanksgiving. Not, <laughs> not a bunion. <laughs> but no, so I, I, I like that idea because for me, I guess, you know, meditation. And I, I find that, you know, obviously running is my meditation. And when in the wintertime, I am lacking that. Also, another like random thing. Now, this might be sound crazy to me, but where I currently live now, and I've been here for almost like three years now, um, I love everything about my my domain, my purple pants castle. The one thing that I do not love is my bathtub. Now, prior to me living here, I had lived in a smaller um, living arrangement, but where my where it made up was that I had a cast iron crawfoot tub. And when I tell you, baby boy, I could take two hour baths. And I really feel like I'm a Pisces. We're, we're both Pisces. So we're water signs. So I connect well to water. Yeah. Well, true. Because some, some say that you are a Pisces. Some say that you're not a Pisces. Um, but I, yeah, I, so what water for me is definitely everything. And I, I, when I had my crawfoot tub, I literally 99.9 in the times of me bathing would be a bath. And so in my new domains, I don't have that. And I, I definitely think that is something that on my horizon, as I will probably look to relocate soon, that's, and you know, some people got some people got a kitchen. Some people need the family room. For me, I need a a bathtub, and and that it gave me a sense of peace. It gave me a sense of like I could I could shout out put put on my Mary J. Blige. Now, mind you, now this you know what I that. think it would be good for you because once again, do you notice where we went back to your oh, physical? Well, but keeping myself clean and just soaking my body. <laughs> no, no. Well, here's the thing. I will tell you. So, um. When I lived on the East Coast, after I left Philadelphia, where I grew up um, in New York, it was very hard during the summers for me to get to the beaches. New York's a very, it's like, you're, it's like gridlock almost. And so um, I couldn't get to beaches as much and I couldn't go swimming as often. And I am a swimmer. And so this like since we've moved to California, I now have access to the beach and I can go swimming and I can submerge myself in water much more. And that is literally my my home. That is like native to me. I need to be floating on my back 
in looking up at the stars or the moon or the sun or whatever. Um, but one of the things that I've done this summer in order to substitute out when I don't feel like driving, and it's not far, it's super lazy for me to say I don't feel like driving through these because it, it doesn't even matter, but it's very close. I will, I have you heard of the Luke eucalyptus shower where you hang the eucalyptus um, over your shower and you literally um, just let the whole shower just steam, 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 steam. And then you have this, um, this amazing aroma, like you're just bathing in the freshness and the heat, just beady, beady, beady from the water on your body. It feels really amazing. Um, so I think that you could try that or try something like that. But the other thing that I want to suggest to you is that you do a gratitude journal and you don't have to write it. Cause I know some people will say, I'm not a writer. Cool. You have an iPhone or smartphone, use memos, write a memo, like a voice memo to yourself every night, five minutes. Mm. What am I grateful for today? Like when you come in, after you come in from work and you do your transition and you had your dinner and you're about to, you know, wind down for the evening. If you know, that's a real, a true wind down with a glass of wine, take out your phone, take out your voice memo and just start to say memo to myself. Um, which I love mm. to do. Um, and literally for five minutes, talk to yourself about what you're grateful for, for the day. For me, I, I don't do, because I meditate, I don't necessarily do gratitude journals. And because I am a Christian, I do prayer journals. So if you are a religious person and you don't want to do a gratitude, you can do a prayer telling your God what you're thankful for. Also, the other thing that I do um, at night is I do... Um, of actual text meditation. So, so I do breath work sometimes where I'm literally just breathing deeply and circulating oxygen to different parts of my body for an extended period of time doing active breathing. But the other thing that I'll do is I'll look at certain scriptures or certain texts and I'll take the part that was most profound to me or that stuck out to me for based on where I am in that season of my life. And I reflect on it and I journal on that. And I'm a writer, so I will write it out. And I have tons of like physical journals, but I also have lots of memos in my iPhone. And I also have lots of voice notes where I'm just literally memo to myself. These are my thoughts. I think, I think there's a, mo what I'm trying to get to is there more ways of self-expression and fulfilling yourself and putting your imprint on the world. And it's not just the physical exertion of your, of your limbs moving, but your actual thoughts and feelings about yourself and putting that into its own little space where you can look at it, see it. Beyonce does this a lot. I don't know if you've ever watched her documentaries, but she carries around her, her laptop and she'll do video journals where she just does a short little five minute video, three minute video of what she's feeling at the moment, says it to her computer, and then she compiles it and sells it to us as a documentary, you know, years later. But the point is, is that um, this is a, this is a way of processing for her and getting out. We all have to get energy out of us. We can't just let it be, if energy just stays stuck in us and it's not moving, flowing, everything in the world, everything in nature is constantly flowing um, back and forth. And when we're not flowing, we we start to feel depressed because we're suppressing our energy or and those things like that. So finding ways to get our energy out and to express ourselves, even when we don't have 
the no, the quote unquote known ways of doing that, which is in a social setting or in an, a physically active setting. We really need to start to focus on just being with ourselves, almost kind of like that state that you were talking about marinating and you've been marinating mm-hmm. on how seasonal affective disorder, you know, has been in the past for you. We can marinate on anything that we want in our minds and in our hearts. And we need to start choosing the different scripts. So you need to choose a script for you. And the best way to find the script that you should choose is through this, this journaling, this self-assessment, um, ways of voice memos or video memos or gratitude journal or prayer journal, or literally reflecting on a word uh, that stood out to you that day or that week and thinking about that. Now, I, I love this idea. Now, my question to you is because I'm a literal thinker. Um, I, if somebody tell me to do something, I, I do just that. Now, the purpose of this journal is to release the energy. Now, it, it, it's just to release it or is it for you to go back and listen and reflect on it at a different time so that maybe you can like, cause in my mind, I'll be like, okay, I, I will release it. And then I'll come back to it and then be like, well, wow, that's really where I was at. I, that's not where I want to be at. I need to choose a different script. I need to actually work on that. Would mm-hmm. that be the point of something mm-hmm. like this? Or is it literally just to release your thoughts it ha- unconsciously? It has, mm-hmm. it has multiple points. So yes, the one is to get it out of you, get it out, get it out. You need to, um, in the method of, um, performing arts that I studied years ago, we called it um, the fourth wall, where you're literally putting, th- taking things that are in you and putting them on the outside of you. Um, and so, yeah, so that's, the, that's that. It's important that you have a way of, of um, reflecting what's going on inside of you in your external world. When you don't, that's what cognitive dissonance is. So yeah. cognitive dissonance, is when how I'm feeling on the inside is not reflected in my outside world. And so one of the ways that we can we can control that because we can't control the mood at the Starbucks. We can't control the mood at the office. We can't control our family members' moods. We can't control the weather, yada, yada, yada. So one of the ways that we can control us not having cognitive dissonance, but cognitive consonance is by journaling, is by um vision boarding is by using our imagination is by writing and it's by physical activity such as yoga da, 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 da. we're getting that energy out the reason we don't want cognitive dissonances is because all of the things that you're talking about that are related to sad or feeling not well stem from cognitive dissonance when we don't feel connected to ourselves in the world around us it it, it triggers um stress stress hormone releases in our minds and the more stress hormone release, the more stress hormones are released in our, in our, in our chemical makeup, the less capacity we have to actually feel well. If your dopamine and your serotonin, these are the happy drugs that our body and naturally produces are not up, they're down. And what makes them down is cognitive dissonance, not feeling connected to ourselves, not feeling connected to the world, not fully connected to our environment and other people. And so you're going to use this journal to connect to yourself. That's number one. And you're going to, and to see yourself on paper, to see yourself in a, some, I do, I do photo journaling a lot. I take a lot of pictures and I take pictures of things that reflect how I'm feeling and that make me, or the, and or that make me feel a certain way. And I go through my pictures very often. If I'm in a low mood, I'll go through my pictures and I'll be like, oh yes. And it'll just lift me up. And so that's that. So you want to do it for both of the reasons that you said, but the other reason is because it's going to, um, when you have positive feelings, like a gratitude journal, you are literally strengthening your neurological wiring in your brain and 
you're, it's almost like a drug. Like you're literally increasing your serotonin and your dopamine. So one way to do that, like through endorphins is running. But another way of doing that is literally thinking, Ooh, my eyes are so sexy. Like finding the one thing that you are happy about. And that, that thought being on your conscience is literally sort of producing the same drug response that people get when they get a like on social media or when they take a sip of alcohol or when they run or when all these physical things do that. It's the, it's meditation, journaling, self-reflection. All these things are kind of our own ways of producing happy chemical responses. Yes. I love that. I never, I never like thought about it like that and, and, and releasing it in another way other than what I know to, to be doing. I think that. That's great. And I'm, I'm so happy. I see this is why I reached out to you because it's allowing me to think in it, it's not like it's rocket science, but it's interesting because it's like I would have not thought of it in that way or to do something like that. However, I do feel like this whole topic is not something that we can just tackle on one purple pants piece. I'm really thinking it's more of a series, an ongoing evolution of this process. So maybe I could be lucky enough that this winter and fall, I could have you come along with me and my Purple Pants Posse that we can kind of go through these processes together in the sense of right now we're in the planning stage. And right now we are trying to like reorder or, you know, go through some things. And then maybe later on and as we approach the end of fall and into winter, maybe we can check back in to see where our prescriptions are and what we need to update and what are some things that we need to do. And then maybe in in, in the in the heat of the winter, even though not the heat of the winter, but maybe in the, the icicle of the winter, we can check back in as well. The thick of it, you know, to make sure we are orgasming over on this snow that I hear about. But just, you know, I, I would love that as a series for us to kind of go through this process and and as a way of an an, an audio journey as well as an, an audio uh journal um and that way we can literally podcast about it so i i would love that purple pants posse if you think that this is something that we should do please make sure you tweet me send me a message and let me know if you want this purple pants peace journey uh for all of us because i, I really find value in this and you know i'm i speak the truth and I, I tell you guys how i'm feeling and now baby boy is fine and i am you know in high spirits, but I, I, I do know how I normally get. And so I, I really want to make a pit stop on my journey mm-hmm. and refuel and yes. get myself together yes. for this winter ride that we are going on. Ah, ding, but, ding, 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 ding. Can we get the, yes, yes, we can all have full body orgasm. Every day. Oh, yes. <laughs> Every day. Yes. Well, I am so glad that I reached out to you. It's been amazing. Before we end this, can you just let the people know where they can find you and what you've got going on at the Being Academy if they want to get up on the Being Academy and get some more uh, information and just whatever. Wait, what's the 411? What's the 411, Yes. Um. So this fall on uh, October 10th, 2020, we will be releasing our breathing room. If you go on our website right now, which is www.mybeingacademy.com, you will see that the breathing room says coming fall 2020. So the official release date I'm dropping exclusively here on Purple Pants Peace is October 10th, 2020. We will have a medit, we will be opening our breathing room. And this is simply some quick 
visual meditations and, and information about it's this is a resource page about meditation and about breathing. And we start with like we talked about last time I was on here because breathing really understanding how to breathe properly is really the beginning of your of your capacity to have full body orgasms in your life every day and being pleased with yourself and being pleased with the world around you. So yeah, so check that out. Sign up. There's a connect page on our website. Sign up for the connect page so you can get all the information and get on our newsletter. Also follow us on Instagram at the Being Academy Instagram page. And so between um, the breathing page that we'll be launching in October, then we're going to have an online course for women coming towards the end of the year, beginning of next year. And then we will also be having our prayer cards coming. And the prayer cards are really going to be a good tool to help you guys with your evening refueling, especially in the winter months when you can't get out and do your um, normal physical activities if you're not like prone to going biking and swimming in ice. Um, and so, yeah, so the, the prayer cards will be a tool for that and they're coming. Um, and they're also, they're, they're a self-reflection tool as well as a, a prayer tool. And yeah, so I, I look forward to, um, and you can also reach me if you want to email me and you have questions, reach me at info at mybeingacademy.com. That is I-N-F-O at mybeingacademy.com. Email us there. Um, and we look forward to connecting with you all because listen, this piece that I have, the world didn't give it and the world didn't take it away. And I need everyone to have it. Yeah. I'm so excited. Thank you so much, Clarissa. Thank you. Have a good day. It's a purple pants pick. It's a purple pants pick. If you hurry up quick, it's a purple pants pick. And we are back with another edition of Purple Pants Pick. You pick, I say. That's right. Every Saturday to my Instagram, Bryce Isaiah, I will post a photo of some purple pants and I'll say drop your topics. And it's the chance for you, the listener, to guide our conversations, whatever you want to talk about. If it's TV show, if it's social activists, if it's clothes, if it's music, if it's, you know, a DUI project, anything you want, you pick. I say so. Let's get into this week's Purple Pants Picks. The first Purple Pants Picks comes from Colos underscore Soul 3. He writes, friends with your ex. Definitely an interesting topic. I feel like you absolutely can be friends with your ex because some relationships just were not meant to go the long run, but it doesn't mean that you can't be friends with them. So I am all for being friends with your ex with some limitations. I feel like if you are in a relationship and your partner does not necessarily agree with you being friends with your ex, then that's a conversation. But not necessarily that you don't need to stop being friends with them. But I think it's a conversation and you need to hear what your current partner is saying about what makes them uncomfortable about the friendship. Now, if you friends with an ex that still want to, you know, get freaky deaky and is doing inappropriate things, then I think that you need to respect your current current partner. But if that fr- if that ex has really turned into a friend, then I don't think anything's wrong with it. And I, I feel like it is a positive thing at times. So I'm for friends with the ex. Now, mind you, some of my exes, I don't even want to remember their names. OK. 
And then some of my other exes, I feel like we are better friends than in a relationship. So I'm all for friends with your exes. Let me know what you think, Purple Pants Posse, because that's a good one. All right. What's the next Purple Pants pick? John John Rules wants to know, did you see your appearance on Royal Rumble for Renap? Baby boy, John John. So actually, I did not see it. I was traveling this weekend, but I took to the Twitters and I said, Twitter, who saw me in the Royal Rumble and how did your baby boy do? And baby, listen, y'all done told me, okay, that I had a cute entrance, okay? So I'm here for the cute entrance. But I also started reading the comments and the comments and the comments and it looked like Whoopi Goldberg was up in there. Molly girl, you in trouble. Okay. And I heard that Whoopi whooped my, <laughs> I heard that Whoopi whooped my behind. Okay. So baby boy didn't do too well this year and the Renap. Royal Rumble, but next year, oh my God, I can't believe Whoopi, Whoopi, girl, Whoopi is serving a can of whoop ass. <laughs> What's the next purple pants pick? Manada underscore Pharaoh Mario writes, when the border opens, are you coming to Canada for a visit? Baby girl, absolutely. Soon as Canada open that, I am on the first thing smoking. After taking my little, little getaway to Chicago, it really kind of wet my whistle for travel. I have forgotten during this COVID-teen, COVID, COVID-teen, COVID time, how much I love to travel. And I, I, I normally leave the country like three to four times a year. And I love road trips and I love just getting away. So absolutely, Canada is on my list of places to go. I've actually never been to Canada. I think like in the seventh grade, we were supposed to take a trip to Niagara Falls, but then it got canceled. So I've never been to Canada. So listen, I will keep you posted when baby boy makes his entourance into Canada. All right, let's keep them rolling. What's the next Purple Pants pick? The next Purple Pants picks comes from Chelsea Brooks. And she asks, did you watch Dancing with the Stars? Chelsea, you know your baby boy did. I saw, first of all, somebody run me my check. Because did I not say Carol Basket was going to come out there in some tiger-esque gear and be dancing to Eye of the Tiger? Now, mind you, she, <laughs> she could use a little oil on them joints. Baby girl was a little rusty. But I definitely saw Carol Baskin. But bang, bang. But get, listen, listen. Mind you, mind you, mind you. Follow me, follow me, follow me, Purple Pants Posse. Did y'all watch that whole episode? Because bang, bang, it was some shade in the commercials. Now, you know, Tiger King has taken the world by storm when it came out during, you know, the quarantine. And, you know, Carol Baskin, Joe Exotic, they all be kind of became household names. But also Carol Baskin's ex-husband, who allegedly she fed to the Tigers, you know, he went missing. They ain't never seen it. She changed the deed on a lot of things and some shady stuff was going on. Well, to this day, her husband's case is still a cold case. And, you know, the family, okay, her her daughters, his his two daughters and his ex-wife, they still want to know what happened to their husband. So get this tea, Purple Pants Posse. During Dancing with the Stars, her ex-husband's family paid for a commercial time. Okay, so they had a commercial during Dancing with the Stars. And in the commercial, they offer a reward for anybody that knows any information unto Don's disappearance. Child and woo chale, they want Carol Baskin's behind. How crazy is that? They paid 
for commercial time during primetime TV to say if anybody know anything about anything because we suspect Carol did it to give us a call and we got a reward. Ooh, chile. Oh, that's crazy. What's the next purple pants pick? Tribal Council blog asks, how was Building Camp on Survivor? That's such a great question. So Building Camp on Survivor was a lot of work in the sense that we had to, on the Solana Beach, we had to go get our bamboo wood that was all over the place. And I was extremely happy with my performance because your baby boy came to do work. So I I would probably say I got maybe about 50% of our all of our wood for our shelter and they were LJ and Jeremiah were so surprised like oh my god prices he's really out here yep baby boy came to slay some bamboo okay so building the shelter for us was really easy the difficult part for us was where should we put it we had a opening that entered into like the jungle that we originally put it at and then there was a place by the rocks that we then moved it to that we ended up keeping our shelter there, even though we kind of were out in the open. So building the shelter, definitely what you see on TV, it looks like, oh, five minutes. But no, it definitely was like a six hour process with the prong, the pong, the pong frongs. I'm probably saying it right. Getting the shelter with the rope and all of that. And bang, bang. Here's one thing that they don't tell you on TV. Sleeping on that bamboo. Ooh. Oh, no, thank you. Ooh, baby boy will be waking up. My back will be hurting. I'll be like, oh, no, I have ants all over my face. But I always will remember that process just as so rewarding for me because I actually felt like I was a member of the tribe and really helping out. And for me, I talk about it openly, but I, I wanted to go out on Survivor and I knew that I was more than likely be the old, first openly gay black player to play. And I, the the only really gay players of reference I had were players like Colton. And I did not want to be like Colton. Colton was, in the sense, on his season, did not do much. Very much so, like, I'm not here to do physical work. I'm just here for the social game. And for me, I just wanted to come out there and be a challenge beast. I wanted to help around camp. And for me, helping with building the shelter was a huge success for me. So I just always have positive thinkings. Thinks. <laughs> positive thinks. Yeah, I always have positive thinks. I like that. How I, how y'all think that sound? I always have positive thinks. But no, seriously, I always have positive thoughts when I think back to building the shelter. What's the final purple pants pick? The final purple pants picks comes from Theo Dot McCoy. He writes, Jerry from Cheer being charged for child pornography. Ooh. Now, this one breaks my heart. So you guys know on the show, we reviewed Cheer and I thought it was an amazing show. So inspirational, just hearing everyone's different stories. And from the show, Jerry was a breakout star from the show. He everyone loved his positive energy. He always was cheering other people on. He was on the Ellen show. He met Oprah. He got over a million followers and people just loved Jerry. Myself included. However, last week came out that the FBI did a raid on his house uh, in search of child pornography. Now, when I first read that, I said, ooh, Chile. Now, if the FBI is doing a, a raid on your house, 
It's not like they are guessing. That means that they have a warrant for information. And so I saw a lot of blog sites posting this and I saw a lot of people in the comments saying that they hope it's not true. Somebody must be setting Jerry up. He's too nice of a person. And for me, it was I don't it it, it was a little difficult because I you know me, I'm a social worker. Children's welfare is always at the forefront of any and everything that I do. So for me, I when I was reading the comments, I just saw a lot of people making excuses for Jerry. And I feel like that kind of like reiterates the stigma of abuse that you even in families situations when people sometimes in families get abused, they'll make excuses for the abuser. And so I just I just kept my mouth shut. I said, I'm gonna wait till these things unfold and listen. Last week, Jerry was arrested for, I don't even know how many counts, but a lot of counts of child, he was in the possession of child pornography. And in some of the articles, they were saying how he was contacting uh, children the ages of 13 using his essence from the cheer show to get these children to send him pornographic videos and photos. And one of the children that he was eliciting photos and videos from told their parents their parents then reported it to their cheer company and the cheer companies are mandated reporters so they immediately reported it to the authorities and that's how the fbi got involved so currently jerry is facing some serious criminal charges and as he should when you do things like that when you elicit children i i don't have anything for you um i was a, a huge fan of jerry's I am no longer. I just hope that the children involved are okay. And I hope that the parents of the children seek counseling and help because it, it, it can be a lot. If you look up to an idol that you see on TV and then they are eliciting things from you that you feel compelled to do, just my heart goes out to the children that are unfortunately had to be a part of this situation. And I will keep you guys posted when I hear anything else about this because we, I loved cheer and I was a fan of Jerry, but I, there's just not, there's no excuse. And uh, we, as a society, we got to put our foot down and we have to say, no matter if you're a celebrity, no matter how much we like you, if you do something like this, then the consequences you have to pay. So that is going to conclude this week's Purple Pants Pick. Make sure you look out on the look. Make sure you look on the lookout for my Instagram, Bryce Isaiah. Every Saturday, I post up the Purple Pants and you can get your topics in. The following message is brought to you by. Give me a B. B. Give me an A. A. Give me an R. R. Give me a B. 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 Let me hear it. B A R B bar bar bar. B A R B bar bar bar. Hi, this is Miss Barb, and I'd like to share with you a few words. And if some days all you can do is exist, like the fading of winter sun, please remember that you will shine. Maybe not as brightly as a day when there were no clouds in the sky, but you will shine. Give yourself permission to practice self-compassion. Fill your heart with soft words. Rest. Breathe. Be still. 
allow the act of patience to become the sunlight for you. I love you. Thanks, Mom, for another installment of Barb's message. If you got something from this, if you felt any type of way, make sure you tweet me, send me a message. And you know me, I screenshot it and send it right to Miss Barb. Who's the freak? Who's the freak? Who's the freak of the week? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that freaky, freaky freak? Who's the freak of the week? Might be me, might be you, might be And we are on to this week's Freak of the Week. Now, you know me. I just be minding my business, okay? And this week is no different. I was minding my business, scrolling through the Insta. And I saw actually a photo of Chris Underwood. Shout out to Chris. And he had a surfboard, right? So I commented on the photo. It's the shoulders for me. And then our baby boy, cousin Ricky, Rick Devins, wrote back and said, it's the smile for me, which led me to click on Rick Devins page because I'm like, you know, what? I haven't been showing Ricky some love in a while. So I click on the page and baby, the last photo that he posted, the caption reads. Heidi hogs the bed and it's a photo of baby boy Ricky in the bed with his beautiful big dog that looks like they sleep but Rick saying Heidi hog the bed in my opinion Ricky cousin Rick he got the bed head so it looked like he the wild sleeper in the photo don't be trying to blame Heidi Rick I see what you're doing there <laughs> but the photo is so funny so make sure you go to Rick underscore Devins and go let him know he the freak of the week hashtag freak of the week let cousin Ricky know okay and tell Rick to stop hogging the bed from Heidi okay now that's gonna conclude our freak of the week and sadly if it means we have concluded the freak of the week we have come to an end of another amazing podcast I want to thank you so much for tuning in i want to thank you so much for your support but if you could make sure you subscribe to my podcast you can subscribe on apple Podcasts. you can subscribe on spotify make sure you just click the button subscribe write a review tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend okay listen you know your baby boy ain't never been one to hold back his descending opinion you know where to find me it's a it's a it's the purple pants, it's the purple pants, it's the purple pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. Ooh. It's the purple pants podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. Ooh. It's the purple pants podcast. You're trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the purple pants podcast. You're trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back though. It's the purple pants, it's the purple pants.